right, everybody, welcome to episode 95 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duper Flex, and the co-host with the most, Drew at Dr. Underscore PRA. How you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good, good. Happy, excited, ready for uh, football one more week. Uh, back in uh, back in the saddle, we get to watch football that counts. And these last 32 months of offseason are over, so I am ready for this. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing good, man. You hit the nail on the head. I am excited that this is the last week that we will be talking about not having regular season football until pretty much the new year, which is exciting as hell. Uh, Bill and I were talking about one of our teams before we got on. And that, I mean, that's what people are doing now. People are looking at rosters now, really sizing up what the hell's going on with them. Maybe seeing where they did well during this off season, maybe seeing some holes that, they wish they would have patched uh, before the oncoming season, but it's just so much fun, man. I love trading. I love drafts. I love all that stuff, but th- this is where I'm my happiest because not only do I have these teams, but I get to watch football. So let's, let's go. Let's go. Can't come soon enough. But, uh, you know, of course, we, we got to hit this news before we do anything else. And, and the first uh, first order of business here. J.K. Dobbins tears his ACL and is out for the season. And honestly, I don't know how many zero RB truthers will be born from this offseason. I mean, we've lost Cam Akers. We've lost Travis Etienne. Now we've lost J.K. Dobbins. And it's just like all the zero RB truthers are coming out of the woodwork and trying to convert as many people as possible. So, um What's the impact here on the J.K. Dobbins injury? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that, I mean, there's obviously, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if we're going to see, like, in football-wise, if um, if there's going to be a huge difference, right? Because it's not like Lamar's dumping off to the running backs that often. So, like, I mean, all it's going to be is next man up kind of thing. And, I mean they were both uber efficient behind that line last year. So, I mean, I, I'd expect the same with Gus being the, uh, the number one guy. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think it bumps him up um, like a shit ton, but I think it, it's still, they're still going to go with multiple backs like they do all the time. So and I don't think he's dynamic enough to, you know, necessarily be like a top 12 to 15 back, but I mean, I wouldn't mind having him on my roster, and you know what I mean. Like it's that's kind of how I feel, I guess. But um, you know, there's a lot of other guys I prefer just because I don't see him catching too many passes. Yeah, I'm curious uh, if that changes their their balance at all. If they'll let Lamar throw a little bit more, or expect him to throw any more. But um, yeah, I mean, I've got him in a couple places, and I've I've definitely floated the idea out there, put him on the trade block to see if anybody wants to to pay up for him. But I think everybody's pretty tempered at this point, kind of waiting to see what happens with him. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of change. Uh, Lamar, I think still stays the central focus and he's the one ultimately that, uh, you know, I've been trying to make moves for unsuccessfully all summer. Yeah. Jordan, you bring up a good point with putting him on the trade block. And I think it's, we've become more savvy kind of as players where we kind of know, not know, but we, have information about which injuries are really bad and which injuries may not be as bad. And, you know, ACL, a lot of times, you know, guys, they, you know, they do miss the year, but they get ready, they come back and usually they're, they're, you know, 80% the next year coming back. You know, that's different than the Liz Frank that Travis Etienne had or the Achilles that Cam Akers had. And, you know, that's why you're probably getting even more severe discounts on those guys as opposed to Dobbins, because we kind of know like ACL, yeah, it's bad, but he'll probably be back. He'll probably be 
pretty damn good when he comes back. So um, that's always helpful. But but I have a question for you guys. If you are running back, I don't want to say desperate, but let's say running back poor in a league, and someone puts Gus Edwards on the trade block, are you guys trading for him, and, and what would you trade? I mean, I'm not trading a first, and I think that's what a lot of people are going to expect right now. So um, I'm probably not getting him. Um, there's just so many other backs I would rather have for a similar price. And, you know, somebody that I can feel comfortable is going to catch 30 to 40 passes, you know? Like, I don't – I mean, hopefully that they dump it off to him more but because they'll have more volume. But <clears throat> I'm not real sure that, like – He's not the guy I'm going out to get, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, there's just, I'd rather hold and see if I can fall into something or maybe just buy one of the guys or, you know, on waivers, get Justice Hill or was it Tyson Williams and see what happens. Um, maybe one of those guys fall into the Gus Edwards role from last year and he's still getting a decent amount of volume for what? 15% of the price or less. Yeah, I'll kick the tires and see what they're looking for. And depending, of course, on what each team needs, you know, if I'm pretty deep at wide receiver, I'll, I'll throw some depth at him at wide receiver or something and see if a guy like, I don't know, maybe like Michael Pittman or something might get me uh, Gus Edwards back. Um, if I'm going to go and pay up to try to add Gus Edwards, I'm going to see, you know, our, our guys like, uh, you know, I might as well go after a James Robinson or a Damian Harris or uh, Kareem Hunt or somebody like that as well. Uh, somebody who's done it and somebody might get some more volume. So uh, I, I'll definitely kick the tires and see. And, you know, you never know. You catch somebody on the right day. If you feel like you do a sweet deal. And then, you know, six days from, night, from now, I might feel like crap anyways after he plays his first game. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think Bill and I are, are pretty aligned on this. I was thinking like a second and like an end of bench end of your bench type guy just be like hey here i mean because i think i think gus will be very good this year but in dynasty it's just this year like next year you know you're assuming jk dobbins is going to be back be back pretty good and then what then you're you know then you have gus edwards back at what he was doing before this jk dobbins injury and like bill said that ain't worth a first what what you're going to get from in 2022 so i think bill and i are kind of aligned on uh on that one which is fun i mean it's more fun when we fight bill but it's also fun when we agree on things so uh so we'll agree on this one uh next one i mean the hits just keep on coming unfortunately er smith uh has meniscus surgery he's gonna miss four to five months and then the vikings go out and trade for chris herndon so obviously we know Irv is pretty much out for most, if not all of the season. Do either one of you care about Chris Herndon? Not really. Um, I mean, he's a flyer um, that I'm willing to cut after week two. Um, I, I'm not sure how, uh, like he didn't do it with the Jets. And I mean, the Jets were okay moving him and, you know, so I, I guess I just don't – and they only have one tight end on their roster now, so that shows you what they really think of him. They're not even worried about their lack of depth, at tight end. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a flyer. You know, you hope that he falls into some, some targets, but I can't imagine he's going to be like a major focus. And I think I'd rather have Tyler Conklin, um, honestly, than, than – uh, Herndon just because he knows the offense he's been getting those reps he's he's showed a little bit last year made some really good catches and things like that so if I'm gonna I'd rather just get Conklin and see what happens and um you know I, I think uh Irv's pretty much out for the year that's right um so uh it's you know it's, it's sad man this guy guy comes out with all that hype and he just uh you know gets uh so young, you know, just those young tight ends typically end up doing pretty well because they have so many more years to, you know, learn the game and mature into their uh, their roles. But, man, 
he's a, I mean, where is he at next year? You know what I mean? Like, are people still going to be like valuing him at all? I mean, it's too bad. Like what you're going to be able to get Irv for what? Like probably third rounder next year uh, from some people. Not from this guy. No, you're still a believer. I am. I am. Uh, he, he's probably uh, behind Fant. He's probably my uh, number two tight end by uh, you know roster percentage at this point. Mm. Um, added him in a lot of, a lot of trades over the last year or so. But uh, yeah, I've, I've got Hernan in a couple spots. We'll see. I don't know that I'm ready to cut bait uh, that quickly. We'll see how you know they do with their tight ends this year. I'm excited for the spots that I kept feeling. Uh, I was trying to offload him in a couple places. Uh, I'm hoping this this opens o- another window to move him uh, if he gets some early volume. But yeah, I don't know that I want a whole lot to do. I, I would agree, Bill, as far as what it takes to get either of those guys. I'd, I'd rather have Conklin if I don't already. So uh, probably going to go out and look at waivers tonight and see what's see what's available out there. I was just searching that actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I was uh, I saw a tweet, and I think this was from a beat reporter or something that. Before Irv Smith left the facility, he uh, he said to uh, Conklin, uh, "Go out there and go get your money," because apparently uh, Conklin is in his walk year. So now, I mean, it looks like an opportunity has opened up. I don't want to say it has, because who knows what this coaching staff thinks of of Herndon, and maybe they do something, but. Er Smith, unfortunately, is going down the road of another Alabama tight end, uh, O.J. Howard, where you kind of, you know, unlimited potential and then injuries start getting in the way. And then it's like, you know, what could have been, you know, maybe O.J. Howard does it this year. Maybe he comes back healthy and he plays with a, uh, you know, never aging Tom Brady and gets a bunch of work done, but you know, I'm just hoping that man can stay healthy for a year and, and maybe, uh, maybe prove why he was a first round pick. So, so the last one, and and maybe, you know, the most surprising cut and you guys can correct me if you think there was a more surprising cut, Cam Newton, he gone and new England, they cut him. Uh, who knows where or if he'll end up somewhere else. There was a report right afterwards that uh, Dallas was taking a look at him. Uh, I don't know if that's really true. They picked up uh, Will Greer, I think, today. So who knows? But um, what do you what do you guys think about this? Were you guys surprised? And is there a spot where you think Cam could end up and maybe – be valuable for your uh, for your teams. Uh, a yes, definitely surprised. Uh, I thought they'd at least try to either keep him as a backup or trade him, get some kind of value back for him. But uh, and then B, if there was somewhere, I, I thought I saw people, you know, wishing and hoping maybe he lands in Houston, depending on what happens with Watson, to give them uh, you know some sort of credibility there. So he'd have some opportunity if he went there. But uh, nowhere else uh, off the top of my head seems like a, a decent spot for him to land with any kind of opportunity this year. Yeah, I mean, I was also surprised. But I guess, you know, when you kind of think about it, it does make a little a little sense that, like, does Cam really want to be basically benched in a way? You know what I mean? And play back up to uh, – to a rookie coming out it's on and and then new england if belichick likes them you know at least it gives him an opportunity to find another opportunity before some other people so like i mean it kind of it makes a lot of sense and it doesn't put that heat on mac jones with cam looking over or him looking over his shoulder at cam you know throughout the season so um i it did surprise me though that he got cut and what place? I mean, he's going to have to like say, well, I am willing to be a backup. Like, I mean, is he willing to? I mean, he's uh, the best, you know, throughout his life. Um, how do you, can you turn that ego down? You know what I mean? Just of any player who's been successful in the NFL to accept that they're going to be a backup. And, you know, I think that's what a, a lot of, players struggle with so i don't know i mean it's it's ultimately something that he's gonna 
need to figure out where would I want them to go? I mean, I mean, it would have to be somewhere where it's already an offense that has a, a rushing quarterback that I feel like he can succeed if something happens to them. I think he'll just sit out until maybe something like that happens, like where maybe a player gets hurt. Um, Houston kind of does make the most sense, but I mean, Tyrod's there. I mean, is it really, I mean, sadly, is it really that different now? <laughs> like I'm, I'm not sure Cam's that much better anymore. And um, that's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it would just be like sitting behind, like, I mean, the Lions would be happy to have him as a backup, but he's going to want $10 million a year or something like that. So I think that's going to be the challenge, like, for any team. Yeah, how much was Cam making? Because I feel like he wasn't he was making. $8 million or something like that. Was it $8 million? Yeah, so I, I don't think – I don't even think he's – I mean, he can ask for whatever he wants, but – I don't think he's even going to get anything approaching that eight million now that he's been cut. I mean, I, I feel almost like he should go to a team like the the Chiefs, where he can just kind of get that Andy Reid shine on him. You know, it seems like guys that go there they get that shine, then they can go to other places and you know at least get another contract or. Hell, go to Seattle. Pete Carroll loves talking good about his players. I mean, Pete Carroll will probably say he's he's the you know second best quarterback he's ever seen, and guy runs like a deer and hits people like a linebacker and throws the you know one of the tightest spirals he's ever seen. You know, just let Pete Carroll talk you up and <laughs> for a year, and then uh, then go out into the world and get yourself another contract from somebody, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, uh, I mean, Houston on paper seems like a good fit, but I don't know how many people want to really walk into that mess and mm-hmm. uh, and deal with all of not just the stuff on the field because that team is going to stink out loud, but all the behind-the-scenes stuff that's probably going to be going on in Houston. And if uh, Deshaun and and Cam Newton have any kind of relationship, you know, even if they're just casual text friends, you know, I'm sure Deshaun's gonna be like, don't come here, man. This, this ain't it, you know? So yeah, I mean, I think it would be in Cam's best interest to, to be a backup on a, on a good team, on a Super Bowl caliber team and just kind of go to the Bucks, go chill with Brady. Go. I mean, Hey, listen, they they got Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask as backups right now. So I mean, Cam Newton looks uh look mighty fine as a backup in uh in Tampa Bay. But uh, all right. So so that's the news. I think we hit uh we hit the high notes on that. We're gonna run right into what we saw in the timeline. And this first one here is from Len at Lenny AM three. This is a dynasty one QB. PPR. Uh oh, that means uh means Bill's not gonna be able to talk about this one. It's only that one QB life. Uh we got uh Cam Akers on one side of this deal or Gus Edwards, a 2022 second, and count them three 2022 third round picks. So um Bill, why don't you start us off on this one? Um, I'm taking Gus in the picks. Like, I just think that I, I'm not sold that Akers is ever going to be back to anything close to where people expected him to be. Um, so I'd rather take Gus the points this year and then I get those picks. I mean, if I end up falling out of contention, I can move Gus in that second, probably for maybe even somebody's first this year. And you know, win-win. So I'd rather just take a player I know is going to get in the field that could potentially increase his value. Um, whereas Acres, we just have no idea what's going to happen. And does he end up being the same he was coming this year? Then I lose out. I'm okay with that. Um, just because I'm basing it. That's an outlying situation otherwise. Like if he comes back and he's, um, you know, producing as a, he was expected to this year. So, um yeah, I think it's pretty easy for me. I would take that trade. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I remember when 
uh, Cam Akers injury first happened, we were talking about value. And I remember saying, you know, I would probably spend a second, maybe two seconds if you could really sweet talk me into it. But that would be kind of my limit. You know, people were mentioning first at the time. And I was like, a dude coming off an Achilles, I'm not, I'm not paying first for that. I don't care who the guy is. Um, I kind of wish you could get at least maybe turn the three sec the three thirds into a second or something. But if this is the absolute best offer, you shop them around and this is this is it. Take it. And like Bill said, and this is this is a part of the game that I'm weak at, kind of the trade after the trade. And and Bill kind of mentioned it perfectly when say, hey, maybe, you know, week eight, you know, somebody is desperate at running back. Hey, Gus in the second for your first. And somebody might be like, yeah, I'm desperate. Let's do this. You know, I, at least I get another second round pick on top of Gus and I can use Gus this year. So I like that kind of trade after the trade. All right, Drew, what, what's your, uh, what's your two cents on this? Uh, I totally agree. It'd be a real easy deal if, if I was trying to move Cam and I was able to get that package back. That's a lot of sweeteners to add to uh, either move up a little bit next year in the draft or try to incrementally improve through other trades. So, yeah, even if I didn't need Gus, even if I was trying to dump points, that's that's an easy yeah turnaround after week one or two. And, you know, I don't even care what I get back at that point. Oh, okay. I did it. I, I I told you guys beforehand I would do it, and I did it. Um, talking while muted. Uh, yeah. So this, yeah. I mean, I think you nailed it, Drew. This trade, um, if this is what you can get, I mean, I think it's a pretty good haul. You're getting four draft picks plus Gus Edwards, and honestly, I mean. I get, you know, a lot of people are saying, let's see what Marlon Mack does this year, kind of as a template for, but the problem is that Marlon Mack, as much as we love him and we think he may get some touches, he's going to be the third string running back on that team. So even if he gets, you know, a few touches and he looks good, you know, if Cam Akers comes back, we expect him to be the number one full workload, you know, bell cow or close to bell cow back. And I don't know if he, uh, there will be a lot of similarities there. So, yeah, you know, it's a shame. But at this point, I think you uh, you take what you can get for Cam Akers. Hopefully it's a deal like this where you get a lot of sweeteners and you, uh, you move on and you think of what could have been with Cam Akers. But this next one here, this is a, a, another one QB, Bill. I mean – Sorry, we're like we're like segregating you here. We're like putting and, and I'm the one that put those on the show sheet. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're segregating you with this challenging one himself. I like it. That's the, right. The one QB nonsense. They don't call him super duper flex or nothing. But uh this one is from Dynasty Trades guy at Dynasty Trader 2. Would you take this offer? Rebuilding best offer I have received. 12 team one QB standard dynasty. Trey Lance and LaVisca Chenault or Stefan Diggs. So, Bill, since you put this on here, we'll let you go last. Uh, Drew, what do you got here? Yeah, it's been a minute since I've done a 1QB league. Uh, I think this this ultimately comes down to how much do you believe in Trey Lance being you know, a top 12 quarterback. So if you think he's going to be a perennial QB1, uh, and you're set for the next 10 or 15 years. Um, you know, I could definitely see taking that side. Uh, the Bills homer in me uh, immediately gets drawn to Stefan Diggs being tied to hopefully Josh Allen for the rest of his career here. So, yeah, uh, assuming it's PPR, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I, oh, I would probably take Diggs. Um, it says standard. Oh, it, does, oh, it says standard. Oh, e. Problem is we don't know what standard is anymore because a lot of sites have made like half point PPR the standard. So we got to really start doing the non PPR yeah. if we're gonna go 
non-PPR because the standard has changed over the last few years. I, I probably take my shot at Lance, depending on who my other quarterbacks are, if it's standard. Uh, I don't know that Diggs is going to have you know as many touchdowns as he had last year. They've added a little bit there for the wide receiver room. Allen's always going to run his in. So, yeah, I probably I probably take the shot on Lance and hope that he's my quarterback of the future. All right, Bill. So you and I might not uh, might not argue, but but Drew and I can argue because uh, it, it's it's definitely Stephon Diggs. Uh, we've seen the connection between those two, and I think some of Josh Allen's ascent to being right now QB two in most people's book um, is because of Stephon Diggs. Uh, they got a little bit better at the wide receiver position, but. I don't think that's going to uh, factor into what Josh Allen thinks when he's out there and he sees the rush coming and he goes, whew, I could throw it to Stephon Diggs or I could throw it to somebody else. What am I going to do? Uh, he's probably throwing it to Stephon Diggs. Uh, personally, I think uh, Stephon Diggs is going to have another monster season. I do agree with Drew. I think those touchdowns are going to come down a little bit, but he is going to be the the one and the one a in Buffalo and in a one quarterback league, I could find quarterbacks anywhere. So give me, give me that stud and you could take uh LaVisca Chanel and Trey Lance. And maybe that guy will be looking. He will be a, a top 12 guy, but you know, I'll find another top 12 guy. I'll trade a, a second, a late second for Kirk cousins. Cause nobody ever likes him and he's a top 12 guy too. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs. So, Bill, you put the question on here, and you get to break the tie. So what's it going to be? Yeah, so, like, I think that Chenault's interesting if it is standard, you know, because you might get a little bit more, you know, a few more touches just because, you know, they they do some dipsy-do stuff with him. But, like, I don't – you know, I, I – I'm – Diggs is the answer for me. Um, I think that, like, I appreciate rolling the dice on Trey Lance. Like, I think that, you know, he will be, if he pops, he's going to be, like, one of those top six quarterbacks, right? Like, I, worst case, top nine. Um, so, like, I, I get that. But at the same time, I mean, there's always going to be another quarterback coming up that has that opportunity. And at one po- at what point do these running quarterbacks just become the norm and every team can end up with one? And then there's no value difference if they're all, you know, I mean, there's obviously going to be a better one than another, but who's to say Trey Lance is going to be better than the next guy that comes out doing something similar. And, and so that's where the, I think we're starting to run out of the, um, in one QB, especially like running out of opportunities to take advantage of these rushing quarterbacks. Cause pretty soon they're all going to be similar in that regard. So two years down the road, I'm not, we might have 12 quarterbacks that we're all, everybody's like, Oh, well, I'm a, we all get a rushing quarterback. Let's not even worry about it. And it, all the quarterbacks are going to drop in value again. So I'd just rather go with the elite wide receiver that's shown it. And like, there's probably eight to 10 wide receivers that I'm, I'm willing to, to put on my team or keep on my team because they are just that tier above everybody else. And, and so I, th- I think it's digs because I know what I'm getting. I, you know, feel comfortable that he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, you know, going into the future. And so, yeah, for me, it was kind of easy to, to say digs. I would actually need more, like probably like a Gus Edwards or something thrown in there for me to consider that trade. So just a, a little sweetener, you wouldn't need, you wouldn't need something big to make the trade even in your opinion. I mean, Gus Edwards, whatever that is. Uh, that's why I said a little sweeter. <laughs> yes. So you don't you don't need a big you don't need like a first or something added to it to make it. Nah, I feel like he's the uh, proverbial you know between a first and second value, right? <laughs> so like, 
that's kind of like I'm okay with something like that. Uh, but I mean, it would really just depend on my team. Like, do I really want to add two more depth pieces? Do you know what I mean? Like, because I I kind of feel like that's what Chanel and Gus Edwards would be like in a uh, that sort of. I would hope, at least for my teams, if I'm making that sort of trade, I guess. But yeah, and as a rebuild, you're kind of looking at it as, you know, what if you are going to go with kind of a three for one or two for one? Uh, what kind of young piece do you see blowing up in you know two years? Let's say a or year or two. Cam Acres. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the that lotto ticket where it's like, all right, like this could be really awesome. Or this could be like a steaming pile of junk next year, you know, but if you're rebuilding, I mean, I think you need kind of need some guys like that where it's like, man, this could, this could be awesome. Or, Hey, I'm rebuilding. So, you know, this guy flamed out. Cool. Like we'll just try to find the next one of those. So, So yeah, I like that. Uh, so at some point down the line here, Bill, are you saying uh, you might change quarterback scoring to eight points per thrown touchdown? I'm interested to see like what the scoring would have to do, right? Like, because, um, like, why should we weigh um, passing touchdowns for more? I mean, really, right? Like, I think the scoring's fine. Um, I just think that you're going to have so many more quarterbacks that are all going to be similarly tiered. Um, and there won't be a, a benefit to drafting one early because what you get with QB 10, the difference isn't going to be great enough for me to draft that other guy four or five rounds earlier. And I think we'll see a little bit of inefficiency because everybody rushes for those running quarterbacks right now. So people yep. will be drafting them early, but then everybody else that's kind of aware of what's happening is going to sit back and let pick that QB nine, that QB 10, you know, get the value while all these other people are overspending on similar players. So, I mean, I don't doubt that that's what's going to happen. Is it going to be in two years, five years, you know, eight years? I don't know the answer, but um, I have to expect it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point there. Maybe, uh, maybe one of these days we'll dive in deeper, but as, as the draft classes keep kind of coming by, we keep seeing more and more guys. I mean, this year alone, you know, we talk about Justin Fields, we talk about Trey Lance, and, you know, we don't talk about Trevor Lawrence, but, I mean, he's got some wheels too, you know. So we're starting to get more and more of these guys, like you said, and soon, you know, you might have one pure pocket passer that's in the top 12, but those other 11 spots are going to be mobile rushing quarterbacks. Well, and it's crazy, like, Justin Herbert just had, like, a spectacular rookie season, right? Arguably the one of the, the best the rookie best. quarterback season. And he's not even sniffing top six right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Like, But there's a reason for that, and people are aware of it. So, like, he's almost getting to the – like, Fields and Lance are almost – almost at that same tier as Herbert and Herbert's had a glorious season and these guys haven't played it down yet. It's just, everybody wants that. They're just aware of how much of an advantage that is. Well, and we can, we can kind of flip it to the opposite side too. A guy we, we talked about in the news, you know, Cam Newton, you know, we, the reason why we were even talking about a NFL quarterback that threw for, I believe, single digit touchdowns last year through for the only reason why we talked about him. And, and I had arguments with people at the very beginning of, of this offseason about, ah, uh, you know, Cam, you know, Cam is going to come back. And the, the only reason why we even cared is because he rushed for double digit touchdowns. And, you know, soon we're going to have guys, you know, even a guy, and and I'll bring it up, you know, like Dak Prescott, he doesn't rush for he doesn't rush for a lot of yards, but he rushes for a lot of touchdowns, and that's kind of a little bit of the secret sauce. He's not a Lamar who's you know will rush for a thousand yards if you let him, or Kyler Murray or anything like that. But 
Dag is always good for like six rushing touchdowns. And you're like, well, those, you know, especially if you're waiting rushing touchdowns more than passing touchdowns, you're like, well, that's great. You know, that's, you know, a bunch of extra points that I can't get with Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady or, you know, I mean, the difference with Tom Brady is that he can throw for 5,000 yards whenever he wants. But unless you have a, a pocket passing quarterback that can do that, you know, you're, you know, you're stuck with a lot of guys that, like you said, might be at the bottom end of that top 12, but the upside of those rushing guys is so much more. So it's an interesting point. I, I'm glad that you brought it up. So this next one here is from Kyra Wadaroski. I've messed that up and I'm sorry. At Fantasy FF Kyra. I'm someone who plays in multiple leagues across several platforms. If you're also this crazy person, do you construct your team using a lot of the same players or switch them up? This is an interesting one because uh, I believe both Drew and Bill play in more leagues than I do. I play in a decent amount of leagues, but these guys are professionals. Um, so, So what's your viewpoint on it? Are you... Yeah, you know, I want my guys, they're my guys, get them on as many teams as I possibly can. Or are you just like, hey, every draft is its own living being and I just kind of go with the flow and I take what I, you know, I take what's given to me and all my teams end up different. So uh, where are you guys on this? Bill, why don't you start us off? So... I'm not the guy that's going to be like really my takes aren't very firm because I'm totally aware that I don't know much. And I think that most people, if they really looked at it, would say the same thing. Like everything we can guess. And, but I don't feel like me going all in on somebody that I feel is, you know, where you're going to have to spend a lot of capital like I don't feel like putting all my eggs in one basket. So I'd much rather spread it across. Now there's players that I have more of just because I do believe in them more than maybe other players in that same tier or something like that. Um, But I'm not going to go have 90% of that player in my leagues or something like that. Like now there are like, if it's players that are drafted later on, like those are the players I'm taking risks on. Right. So I have a, I was just looking at like my roster break or my percentages of how many and all of the top players, except for George Kittle are players I got in like second, third, fourth round uh, draft picks or waiver wires Um, like Jared Patterson. Like I have a ton of him, you know, it's uh, he was a guy that I bet on and, you know, he made the team. So at least there's, but those are the kind of guys I'm willing to, but then if he didn't, I can cut, all those guys, all those shares, and I have roster space. So, or it makes my decision on who else I have to cut a little easier. Um, so, that's usually where I'm really taking, you know, having a large percentage of them on my rosters. Um, but like the real like top end guys, I'm very unlikely unless they become a top guy after I picked them up. Um, I'm not very very likely to have like a large percentage of them across my teams. So FF underscore schmuck says, what up guys? Patterson's look great this off season. And another guy, Scotty Phillips, Bill, you know, the interesting thing about this comment is that in the, uh, the timeline OG listener league, one of the best teams in the league has both of those guys on the same roster. What? What? I mean, Jared Patterson, Scotty Phillips. Um, Bill, I, I, you said everything that I was going to say, and you said it way better probably than I ever could. Um, you know, in those kind of formative rounds, I go with, you know, kind of the best players that are there. I don't take a lot of risks. I don't, you know, do anything real crazy. But it's those those later round guys that I always seem to kind of, you know, find myself having a lot of. I mean, I think most of my breakdowns, if you look at kind of my top five own players, it's probably like, you know, the Blake Jarwins of the world and stuff like that. It's just guys that like 
hey, I think this guy is good. You know, I'll grab him or even as a as a trade throw in. Oh, hey, you know, could you add a little, you know, this guy on there? Oh, yeah, I don't care about that guy. Sure. Oh, perfect. I, I think he might break out. So that works out for me. So, yeah, normally kind of the top guys I don't have a ton of uh, exposure to across all of my teams. But those later round guys, those guys, that, you know, a guy that I went out and got a bunch of shares of this offseason was O.J. Howard. Um, a guy that did really well in the games that he was there with Brady and just kind of saying, oh, you know, people are tired of all the injury stuff. You know, he's a guy that I can get for a third or whatever. And good news is, is, is that if he can actually stay healthy, uh, I think him and Brady will, will blow up and they'll, they'll have some fun together. Um, and if not, whatever, I, I spent the third round pick or fourth round pick to, to trade for him. And that's not anything that I'm really going to uh, lose sleep over uh, if I have to cut him next year because he got hurt again and no one picks him up. So um, I'm kind of with you. Uh, usually my teams look kind of different with some, you know, bench similarities. All right, Drew, what about you? Uh, I found this one. I thought it was interesting. Um, I I do like some consistency. Uh, I think it started because as I built extra leagues, I just wanted to be able to root for the same guys on Sundays. Um, so that's that's kind of where I started. But uh, I would say, um, you know, the, the top two or three rounds of uh, any kind of startups, I, I try to get similar guys because I believe in that top end talent. And that's what I want to build the team around. And then uh, anything after probably the fourth round through you know, into the early double digits, that's where I'll mix it up based on the value that drops, uh, you know, try to find some of the inefficiencies there. If people are still going after uh, some of the guy, same guys early, or I'll mix up, you know, which, which positions I load up on in the middle rounds. Um, and then I, I'm with you guys, as far as the dart throws, those are very similar. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, Bill and I are on the same page there as far as it either uh, everything pops and it's great. And I've got a lot of value uh, in the same, same positions, or it's, an easy cut. Cause that's, that's what I'm looking at this week is all these roster cut downs and how the heck do I make some of these choices? I know Billy, we were talking about it last week, trying to pick out some of the guys and, uh, and hopefully some of those guys have already been cut by their teams already to validate some of that. But, um, you know, I, I had a hard time this morning in my, my home dynasty league. I had to cut your boy Thad Moss as my sixth <laughs> tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, it definitely makes it easier if the end of your bench is similar. So you can either cut them all or cut, cut the same person, in all the leagues, or, uh, you know, you, you find, oh, that's a nice little value you got everywhere. I wonder what I can get in each league for this person. Um, so I, I'd say I bookend it. the top of my draft and the bottom of my draft probably look more similar. And then the, the middle, probably 70% or so that's where I, I look for some of the inefficiencies and try to mix it up and try to hedge a little bit. You know, I might get a Rob in one league and then go for McLaurin in another or something like that, just to see, you know, how they pan out. If Drew, you're, you're my co-host, but you're, you're also my friend. It's the only reason why I won't kick you off of the show after breaking my heart with the, with the fad Moss news. Uh, fad <laughs> <laughs> ah, Moss, I gets no respect. Guy, guy's going to ball out this year and guy gets no respect. So, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, man. A, a lot of times, you know, this is where it gets tough this week where you have to make cuts. Bill and I were, were talking about cuts in a league that we, we co-own in and we're like, oh, maybe we should cut this guy. No, we should cut this guy over here. And, you know, you're right when, you know, the team just does the dirty work for you and, oh, this guy stinks. We're cutting him. Oh, okay, perfect. Good. I can cut him too. Even if, even if he gets re-signed somewhere else, you know, now you're talking about, you know, two teams in the same year having to learn an offense. You know, that second team obviously doesn't have the level of faith as the first team that had them. So, you know, you're already looking at a team that kind of has a depth chart set and is just maybe just trying to fit a, a depth piece in there by this uh, cut that they're signing. But, yeah, I mean, we uh, – yeah, I think we all build our teams similarly. And uh, this was a pretty close poll, you know, so 56% said they like, you know, 
they like all their teams to be pretty similar. They like the same guys. They like, you know, not having to make a lot of decisions on that uh, on that Sunday. And 44% said, hey, man, we switch it up. You know, we, uh, we're just out here trying to build teams. And, you know, they don't always have to be the same to be to our liking. So I like, uh, I like that a lot. So this next one here is from Josh Crocker at JCC Rocker or Jay Crocker. I don't know. Um, Noah Fant has the same, if not better range of outcomes than TJ Hawkinson has. So this was an interesting one. And I read it and I was like, "Hmm, I, I don't know about that. But if you believe that, you know, Yes, TJ Hawkinson is on a team that has uh, maybe one other guy, DeAndre Swift, to throw the ball to. Uh, they just they they cut Brashad Perriman, so there goes you know a hundred more targets in the air that you can just you know divvy out however you want because uh, you know Brashad Perriman was uh, was that guy. Um, yeah, maybe he's in to block a little bit more, but I just don't see how the range of outcomes can be the same, if not better, considering all of the weapons that Denver has. And now that Teddy Bridgewater is starting, I mean, it's a lot of weapons, but, you know, the quarterback, eh, he's very mild, you know, not a bad quarterback, just a, a mild quarterback. And you have, you know, Cortland Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, you have, Javonta Williams, you have Melvin Gordon, you know, and even if you you go a little bit deeper, you know, they have Tim Patrick, they have uh, KJ Hamler, you know, they're they're actually pretty deep at those uh, those skill positions. So I don't know if Noah Fant, barring injuries to some of these other guys, can really carve out the role that TJ Hawkinson is going to be able to carve out by being. I think most likely to be the most targeted player on, you know, a not so good Detroit Lions team. But maybe you guys read this and you saw something that I didn't. So uh, we'll leave Bill for last since this is his hometown team and he can he can school us with his knowledge of the Lions. Uh, Drew, what do you think? Uh, I think TJ Hawkinson sucks. You should trade him to me. Um, it'll improve your team. You know, if you want to throw a sweetener in like uh, Elijah Moore, I, I'll think about it. But uh, no, I, I think uh, fans got a, a much lower floor. Uh, the only thing that I think could get in Hawks' way is, is injury if he doesn't hold up. Um, but I mean, fans gotten dinged up in the past as well. So, uh, and I, I think their ceiling is is very similar. Um, so I, I do like that. So if Fant is cheaper, I'll I'll uh, draft him or I'll I'll trade for him if I can get him. For a little bit less, um, you know, the quarterback situation, I, I could I could go either way. I would probably, if I uh, had to choose, I'd prefer Goff over you know whatever's happening in Denver. So, um, you know, if I had to pick one of those two tight ends now, I'd definitely rather have Hawkinson on my team, if especially if I'm competing this year. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the ceiling is lower. Their ceiling, or I'm sorry, the floor is is lower for Fant. Their ceilings, you know, similar at best. Um, so no, I'm not. I, I'm sorry, I can't get on board with that tweet. So, so Bill, before you go, what I heard from Drew is that he uh, he has accumulated five first round picks to get T.J. Hawkinson and Elijah Moore from us. So that's uh, that that's good news. That's good news. Uh, but go go ahead, Bill. What do you think How about, about three thirds? Three thirds. A lot of sweeteners. Deal. Um, you know, I think that the the statement is probably correct that potentially could be even better. Uh, I mean, you have Hawkinson who is just a more complete tight end, right? Like, so when fans out there, he's not blocking, like he is out there to catch passes and that's it. So like he has a, a, a higher ceiling in fantasy football. Totally. Like, I mean, is it substantially greater than Hawkinson? I don't think so. Uh, but I think that there is a slightly higher ceiling, but like Drew said, the floor is substantially lower. Like 
Like, I think that, you know, because of the potential volume issues that he might run into. So um, there's definitely a more risk reward in, in adding Fant compared to Hawk. I would totally prefer Hawk over Fant on any of my teams, but um, I don't mind having Fant. Like, I like Fant. I think he's a, a guy that I'm, I'm cool adding. Um, but, yeah, Josh rattled off, like, you know, eight guys that are fantasy relevant people have on their rosters from Denver, which is crazy because they don't have anybody to distribute them. I mean, Teddy hopefully can be efficient enough to help them out, but it's not like this team team is built to be prolific, right? Like they're built to be efficient on offense and uh, let the defense win. So, um, you know, that, that, that would be the concern with Fant, uh, but I'm totally fine with him on my rosters, and I don't mind. Um, there is a, a decent price difference between the two of them. So, like, I'm okay going with the uh, bargain Fant um, if I prefer to draft somebody else, you know, where Hawkinson's getting drafted. Yeah, so there, there you go, Josh. Um, Bill and, and Drew think that you could be right. Uh I don't, but man, that's why we, that's why we play the game, man. You know, the difference of opinions, man, that that's what, that's what makes it great. And, you know, find, find the Josh in your league. And when I say Josh, I'm talking about me, find the guy that goes, man, that, that, you know, that's not going to happen and say, all right, man, you got Noah fan. I got TJ Hawkinson. Let's do a little switch of do. You give me, you know, you give me some sweeteners, as Drew likes to say. Some sweeteners on top of that. Uh, Fant and Gus Edwards. Fant, <laughs> Gus Edwards, sweetener of the day, and maybe that maybe that should be a new uh, artificial sweetener. A new a new <laughs> segment on the show. The uh, the sweetener of the day. The trade sweetener of the day. And today is uh, Gus Edwards, but uh, you know, yeah, you know, say hey, you really like T.J. Hawkinson? Well, I'll take no fan off your hands. You give me some extras and, and we'll make it work. And that's what makes the game fun. So uh, find, find the guy like me who, uh, who thinks that uh, TJ Hawkinson is going to be uh, pretty damn good. And no fan is a good player, but has a lot around him and let's go. So this next one is from Chris McConnell at wizard of Roto. Stop cuffing your own running backs. Cuff other people's running backs. That's how you maximize the upside on your bench. If you own Zach Moss, don't draft Devin. And we're talking about Devin Singletary here. Instead, draft Kenyon Drake. Better player, higher upside. And if Zach Moss and Josh Jacobs get hurt, we know Kenyon's value is a lot higher. So... What what are your opinions, you guys, about handcuff running backs? Are you all about getting your own? Are you all about getting others? Is it a nice little mix? Um, tell me what you what you guys think about it. I don't give it a whole lot of thought, to be honest with you. Like I I get it. Like I get the argument. Like if that player gets hurt, then you end up uh having two starters like you know if you have the backup but i mean i get it it depends honestly it depends on like how like what the size is of your um i think your rosters like if there's like a a short you know short rosters uh i would probably agree uh but if it's deeper I mean, you're going to have so many backs that you you might fall into something somewhere else. So I'm okay maybe grabbing somebody who is the surefire handcuff. But, you know, like, I mean, a lot of analysts that are smarter than me have said, you oftentimes you don't even know who that real handcuff is. So you're taking a risk. I mean, maybe in, like, Dallas, you're pretty sure Pollard's it, right? Like, there's, there's – uh, probably a handful. So like in those instances, I'm okay doing that, but um, you are missing out on some potential boom for your team. Uh, you're almost playing safe by drafting your you know, backup as opposed to somebody else's. So 
yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the comment that Drake's necessarily better. <laughs> like that, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, I had the points taken and, and yeah. So, I mean, if I were to say I lean one way or the other, I agree that I would probably lean towards uh, drafting a different back, like a back from a different team than my starters. But I'm not overly worried about it, honestly, if I have a deeper roster. Yeah, so it's interesting because um, – and I could be wrong because I was wrong about the – about uh, I think it was Daniel Jones' ADP last uh, last week, but – I think Kenyon Drake has a higher ADP than both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. So in that case, I mean, I would probably most likely draft. I mean, I know personally, I think Kenyon Drake is better than both of those guys. So I would personally draft him before both of those guys. But I think ADP also agrees with that. So the average person would also do that. But I could be wrong. Maybe people love Zach Moss. I've never... I've never seen the appeal, but um, I know that there are some truthers out there, so I don't want to. Kenyon Drake is third out of those three backs in the ADP. Man, I I'm glad I'm I never I have never been invited on like Dynasty Game Night or anything. Even though I have said to to Outhouse in the past, don't ever invite me. I would be terrible at this, and he goes, everyone says that, and I go, no, but I. <laughs> I try to play along with the game while I'm listening, and I am terrible. So, so as of um, that's funny. This is August, I believe. Yeah, um, Moss was 114, which makes sense based on his tweet. Like you know, Moss getting drafted, so then you take Singletary. Singletary's 137, and Drake's 145. Wow, I would have thought Drake would have been in the middle at least. I I wonder how that's changed from maybe uh, May or June. Cause I feel like at one point everyone was like practically thinking that he was going to take the job. From oh, yeah, they were out on Jacobs. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I guess we've kind of, we've corrected that now and maybe even mm-hmm. overcorrected a little bit. But um, so, yeah, I'm from the mindset that usually I'm just trying to take the best player in my opinion, where I'm at. And I don't really worry about, like, is it my guy's handcuff or is it somebody else's handcuff? I'm just trying to build the best overall team. I think there are certain situations where I think it's okay maybe to reach a little bit, not a ton, a little bit, for a handcuff. If you have a guy like Davin Cook that, you know, has an injury history, you know, guys like that where it's kind of like, you know, they can miss anywhere from three to all the games in a season. You know, maybe it's okay to do that. But uh, Bill brought up a good one. You know, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. Like, if I have Zeke, you know, I'm not, I'm not actively pursuing Tony Pollard. Now, if he gets to a spot where I'm like, wow, this is way too low, I will pick him up. But I'm definitely not looking at Tony Pollard and saying, well, I need to grab him in the event that Zeke gets hurt. Because um, I think Bill nailed it on the head. You're playing safe. You're not, you know, you're almost playing to be in, you know, sixth place instead of playing to be in first place. But, you know, again, he brought up he brought up the the Bills example. And no offense, Drew, I don't like either one of those guys. So um, I, Jack Moss is a league winner this year, just FYI. So if you, if you play in a league where – Players named Zach Moss get a hundred extra points. I he would be a league winner. But Zach um, Moss thirteen hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> we could put that on the board too if you want. Uh, but yeah, so I think it all depends on you know where you're at in the draft, who's available, and not necessarily like reaching. You know. People who reach for handcuffs, yeah, I think you're doing yourself and your team a disservice. Mm-hmm. But um, if a guy's there, I will take him. If he's the best guy on my board, I will take him, and I don't care if he's my handcuff. Because great thing about Dynasty is that you know what, somebody else might like him, and that might be a trade I make, you know, later down the road, or you know, whatever the case may be. So, what about you, Drew? What do you think? 
Uh, I'm with Bill. I don't give it a whole lot of thought. There are a couple things I'll look at though, you know, as I get into the, the mid rounds or a little bit later and, you know, if somebody has been, you know, if they've done the modified zero RB or something where they've done maybe one really good running back and, uh, you know, they're starting to look a little thin there, then, you know, I may, you know, just take that away from them uh, and see, you know, if that pays off somewhere down the road. Um, you know, if you have the opportunity, that's, that's where the NFL is going is so many of these committees anyways. So somebody's out for a couple of weeks, you never know when it could, could hit for you, but it's definitely that value piece. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking to reach and grab somebody just because I saw someone took JT. I'm not taking Naheem Hines two rounds early just to say that I've got him and, you know, hope I can dangle him out there or, or use him myself. It definitely is a, a boom bust kind of a thing, or, you know, are you playing for playing to win or playing not to lose? I can get that concept too. Um, I think I do tend to be a little bit more conservative. If I've got a top guy, you know, I, I do probably, you know, kind of gauge where, where do I want to take the backup? So that way I know I've got a guaranteed starter, you know, especially if it's one of these clear places where, you know, who the next guy up is, if it's muddy and it's going to be a committee and it's, you know, I mean, even now in Buffalo, right. You're watching Matt Brader run off, you know, tear off 10, 15 yard gains. Uh, he's just got to be available for the right three or four games and he could ruin, you know, your Devin Singletary draft idea. So, um, no, I don't, I don't give it a whole lot of thought. Um, but, uh, you know, if I do see somebody that's, you know, really maybe over-investing in, in one position and, and leaving uh, RB off the table until really late, then, you know, great. You know, there might be some trade opportunity down there. I can maybe get some value from them. But, uh, but ultimately, I, I think I'm looking at making as, as balanced a team as possible. And you take those shots where you can to try to hit on some value so you can ultimately flip them for something uh, better to give you, yourself a chance, whether it's, you know, crap, my team sucks and I need to flip this person to get a draft pick or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I have an abundance of running backs now and now I can package that running back with my wide receiver too to add another top 12 wide receiver to make a playoff push. Love it. Love it. So, you know, we got one more. Let's, uh, let's drop this one here real quick because it's really easy. Uh, yeah. so, so, yep, uh, this is from Brandon at Comeback Commission. J.K. Dobbins was dropped in my Dynasty League. Do I spend 30% of my budget and stash him on my IR? No, spend 100% of your you, fab. Why are you capping at 30? Yeah, <laughs> spend 100% of well, your you fab. You might need a wide receiver later in the year. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, okay. People, spend people were spending 100% of on James Robinson last year. I'm interested to see, like, or here, I'm going to go into that tweet because I'm interested to see what everybody's responses were. Everybody's response is, yeah, go ahead and do that right now. Um, All his league mates are like, yes, 30% is perfect. <laughs> because I'm putting in 100. I mean, yeah. That's where I'm, I'm trading whatever's at the end of my bench for an extra 5% so I can put in a 105% bid if Fab and, is tradable. And Drew, that, that's such a good point. And that's a point that I think a lot of people don't think about in situations like this is like, we talk about trading fab and it's almost like a joke. Like, Hey, how about I add $5 of fab onto this deal? Does it change your mind at all? And people are like $5 of fab, who the hell cares? But in a situation like this, yeah, that extra five bucks might be the difference between you having JK Dobbins on your IR and the guy next to you having JK Dobbins on his or her IR. So, you know, yeah, this is a situation trade, you know, what Donald Parham for $3 in fat, you know, and, you know, whatever else you might have at the end of your bench, you know, whatever third string running back, you know, Hey, you want, you know, I'll trade him to you for five fab dollars, $5. Yeah. I don't care about five fab dollars. And then, you know, you come in with a $105 bid while everyone else is pulling out $100 bids and you win a guy like J.K. Dobbins. But, yeah, you know, it's funny. We, you know, most of us, you know, play in leagues with smart people who would never drop a J.K. Dobbins. So when we see something like this, I just I like to bring it on because. We have to remember that not everybody is playing in leagues with sharks and these things happen and you have to be ready. So uh, anything anything else you guys want to throw out on this one real quick? Nope. Go get them. Yeah, go get them. Uh, spend yeah. 100%. Spend everything you got and, and hope you win it. So that's, that's the end of the show here. Uh, 
want to thank uh, everybody that, that was in and out and watching us. FF underscore schmuck was in the chat. He was throwing some good things out there. He um he agreed with me a lot, so that's good. I like to uh, I like that. Bill's nodding his head, even though Bill uh, he also agreed with uh, with Bill since uh, we co-owned that team together. So, um, but no, I appreciate that. When the chat is going off, it's always a ton of fun. Uh, it always brings more to the conversation. Uh, thank you to everybody who was in. Remember to hit subscribe and hit the bell so you know when we go live. If you're listening to us in podcast form, make sure uh, you leave a rate and review. That helps us to get in front of other people. And on that note, Bill, we are out of here. Late.